Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Grindstone Adventures. I'm your host, Zach Fuhr, and this is episode 32. Today we have an awesome guest. She's from Pennsylvania. She struggles and grinds out there in them public lands. Let me tell you all, I've been out there. It is, it's a real grind out there. There's no public land like it. Um, she's been very popular recently on social media. She's growing in the industry, and I look forward to seeing how far she can go. Everybody, welcome Alicia. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Enjoying the weather. Yeah, it's finally getting nice out. It is. It's it's prime turkey hunting weather right now. Absolutely. We finally get to hunt um, evenings tomorrow, so I'll be out hunting all day. Oh, yeah? I didn't know you guys couldn't hunt evenings right now. No, we can only hunt until noon up until May 15th. Wow. What t- when did your guys' season start in Pennsylvania? Uh, May 1st. Oh, wow. Okay. And it goes until May 30th. We're kind of late. Yeah. It stays pretty late. I thought Ohio was late, but that that's even later. And I think it was like April 28th. April 28th or 9th. Okay. Ohio started on the 22nd of April, and we the first, I think the first week, week and a half was till noon only, and then uh, we've been all day ever since. When does your season go until? Next Sunday, the 21st. Yeah, so we're already in kind of on turkey, so why don't we just talk about that a little bit? I hope that's not picking up. I hope that I didn't even realize the furnace is on the AC. Uh, we'll just roll with it, and hopefully I can cut it out. Um, so how has your your turkey season been? It's been pretty eventful from what I've seen. Um, first week was pretty quiet, but I finally got on to some gobblers the last couple days. Um, they've been talking, but each each morning I go out, they're uh, literally their roof changes like a little like how can I explain that? Like different direction. Yeah, like uh, I'm on a pole line, and there's like different ridges. So every single morning they're on a different ridge. So I keep having to walk like miles, miles, and miles to where they're at. I believe it. Um, I don't know how the public land setup is for you over there. The public land I was on over there, um, it was like the northeast corner, um, in the mountains up there. I, just from my own experience on pipelines and right-of-ways and stuff, could you, like, have you thought about maybe getting a direction and cutting them off the next day or taking a gander or... Uh, tomorrow I'm, de- I'm going, literally I'm walking up the pole line instead of down the pole line. So I'm going to try to get into where they're at in the field. Okay. That sounds like you got a good idea where they're going, which is... Yeah, I had a couple heads in front of me. Uh, you went to Sunday? Yesterday mm-hmm. morning. Okay. So like a good 20 minutes and then they went down to where the gobblers were at. And I just couldn't get them to come up to me. I tried, but yeah, I'm fairly new to turkey hunting. I'm not. This is like my third year only with turkey hunting, so I'm not very familiar with it. But I'm trying my best. I want to get this one on my own. There you go. Um, That's a good goal. Yeah, my first two birds. Um, I was with somebody. I just bought one in Tennessee this year, and he's a great caller. So. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. I was gonna. 
hop into that here in a little bit because um, I seen you went down and tried to get an Osceola also this season. I did go to Florida, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty fun too. Trying to get the Grand Slam all in one season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Florida was definitely a great experience for anybody that wants to try something different. Um, besides we the wooded area that they're used to, it was so cool like to be hunting in sand and palm trees. And yeah. Was it... So was it on public land or did you guys go to private? No, I did all pu public. Yep. Oh man, that's got to be a tough down there. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. I couldn't even imagine that. Well, I mean, I'm sure you save money by doing it on public land, also though. Yeah, absolutely. I like the challenge and learning and experience. I, I I can understand that. I do like doing some public land hunting. Um, I, I don't typically get into the deer woods on public land, no. I've, I've got a pretty good setup for deer season. But turkey hunting, rabbit hunting, pheasant hunting, I'm, wherever the birds are, I'm going. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just kind of like being in the woods no matter what I'm chasing. So, um, so you had some hens in front of you. You got a game plan. What, what kind of kind of odds do you think you're looking at for the morning because the weather's been pretty good they've been out all day but i've been hearing they've been silent they i mean i didn't get many to talk to me this morning so a lot of people in pa have been saying the same thing that they're not talking but the last couple of days that i've been out they've been talking like crazy do you, do you uh, use a diaphragm call i have mouth i have um a slate and I have a box. I have all three of them. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I'm uh, I'm a rookie caller. It's only my second year of turkey hunting. I've got the Quaker Boy uh, push pull Yelp box. I use a lot. Uh -huh. I'm work I'm working on getting better with my diaphragm calls. Um, and then I've just started learning how to use a slate too. So that's a nice. hard thing my to do. Because I'm fairly new as well, and I, I, you know, you just like you're just learning so it's like am i calling enough am i not calling enough am i loud enough right so it's just it's just all that's it's gonna just take time and experience when it comes to something like this right i a lot of times i'm wondering like i'll be calling and have birds sometimes hammer back sometimes they'll just be silent and it gets a question in my head it's like well what's the vocabulary i'm supposed to be t like what am i saying to these birds that like what are they saying right. back to me? I'm curious about that knowledge because then I feel like I'll be, have a step up. Right. I, I'm not the greatest though. My buddy Steven, who was supposed to hop on tonight, but he he's uh, out with his parents for dinner. Um, he has been calling most of the season for me this year. Um, well, not for me really, but I've, I've spent the first three weeks of turkey season behind a camera instead of a gun. So, but he, he's a really good caller. He just put out. Um, on hit the grindstone TikTok, a little clip uh, we recorded of a lone hen coming to us because she thought we were a pack of turkeys or a, a you know a flock of turkeys. And when she realized it was just us, she wasn't too happy. But he was like mimicking her, matching pitch for pitch. It, it was kind of cool. It's good audio, but we didn't get anything that day either, so it was kind of a failure. Hunt, like anytime you're out hunting, I want to say failure. You always learn something. <clears throat> right, and that aspect I agree. Um, 
I, d I don't necessarily use the term failure as like you know a big fat L. I, I you know it. I didn't succeed in killing a bird, but I so I failed in that aspect. But I had fun. I hung out my buddies. I was out in the woods. So it's kind of like I was just telling him today on the way back after we got busted and didn't see anything. I was like, man, this is. I don't understand why like this is so hard compared to deer hunting. Like. <laughs> like deer hunting I can learn things immediately after I'm, I fail I can understand and learn why what happened and adjust right. turkey right. I can't adjust if I don't see nothing and then even if I do like it's so hard to tell what went wrong exactly I'm, it, I swear I think it's harder than deer hunting unless it's just because I'm so used to deer hunting but it's definitely a whole nother ball game yeah I agree it, it's it's wild like I do like the fact that like I guess that you can consider it kind of like western hunting um compared to whitetail hunting because in turkey you can you know hop up run and gun move and get ahead of them you know you're calling to try and catch them and you can also you know do the blind you set up off the roost but it's more so like that western style hunting where you're out chasing mule deer or elk or something and i i kind of enjoy that but at the same time like i enjoy you know getting my pattern down on my deer and being able to set up on them, knowing when they're going to come through. Yeah. Um, I had a, the one I got in Tennessee. We had a running gun it. How was that? Uh, it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> well, how about we do this? How, uh, why don't you walk us through that story? Give us a breakdown of it. Of t our Tennessee hunt? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was down there for four days hunting. Um... The first three days, I did not have, we didn't have any luck, really. I mean, we had a couple come in, but not close enough for me to get a good shot at them. And then the fourth day, and we, the first day also, like, we were recording, we were trying to get a video so I could post it on YouTube, but then the way the bird came in and then with the whole setup, it was, I wasn't going to be recorded properly, and I felt like that was, like, hindering the hunting. So mm -hmm. I was like, screw the recording, I'm here to hunt. Like, let's just hunt. I don't care about the recording anymore. How long so did it take you to make that decision? <laughs> After the first time, I kind of jeopardized my hunt. I was like, screw the recording. <laughs> um, and then finally, day four, uh, we were there all morning. Uh, they came off the roost, but they went the other way, and they were stuck on some hens. And I say, it was like a 9, 30, 10. He's like, you want to go grab something? We'll come back. We were going to walk, and here we've seen like three gobblers and a couple of hens walking. We're like, oh shit. So then we had to run like behind them, get in front of them through the woods. We were literally crawling on our bellies. <laughs> um, it was pretty cool. And I don't know if you're a fan of reaping or not, but there's Honestly, I'm not sure what it is. When you use like the, like the action, they call it, some people call it fanning as well. Oh, where you use like a real turkey fan? Yeah, like oh. a lot of people are against that, some are for it. If it's legal, use it. Yeah. That's the way I feel about it. If Michael Waddell says it's good enough for him, it, why couldn't it be good enough for me? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, it, yeah. So, since so seen that, Derek's a really good caller. You're talking, uh, Derek, uh, his last name? Cade. Cade, yeah. 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 I've, I've been following him for... I think I started following him around February um, and started seeing his calling and stuff and it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a really good caller. Um, I 
how did you get in to meet him? Um, I had, I actually got tags to hunt Illinois uh, last year, and something fell through with somebody I was originally supposed to go out there for. Mm-hmm. And then I came across him, and he was out there uh, working uh, at Lincoln out there. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Not really, no. No. Um, so I actually ended up going out there with him. Oh, okay. To Illinois to hunt uh, well, that's pretty cool. That, yeah. That's the best way to establish friendships and stuff like that in the, in the oh, hunting industry. Oh, he's one of my favorite hunting people I ever met, yeah. It, and then he's who I went to Florida with as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So he, he's a he's top-notch caller. <laughs> yeah, he likes to bounce around other states as well, so it's kind of cool. That's, that's awesome. Have someone to be like, hey, you want to go here or not? Sure, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So the Florida hunt didn't, it didn't end the way you wanted it to, but I'm sure you still had a great time down there. Yeah, that was, that was really neat. Definitely a different experience. Yeah. I, I want to do a Grand Slam now after I killed my first one last year. I'm just kind of wondering how I want to approach it because I don't know which bird I want to go after next. Have you ever hunted out west? I have not. It's been on the bucket list. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it's just not been something that's lined up properly because originally in my plans five years ago, I was supposed to be in Colorado last fall um, doing an elk hunt. That didn't work out. Um, I was supposed to be doing a, a South Dakota mule deer hunt this year. That didn't work out. Um, so it's just kind of playing it by ear right now. Um, I have... I have a plan and process, but in the meantime, it's just kind of hunt states I can around here. Like I'm headed to Michigan in two weeks to get after birds at the last weekend of their season. Thanks. Good luck. Thank you. It, I love it up there. Last year, I went up the last weekend of the season also, and I was up there four or five days and didn't see another hunter and stuff. So I figured everybody was just tapped out, thought birds were all spent and didn't want to talk or communicate, but I, I seen like over 20 birds. so. That's how Florida was so pressured that the, I mean, it was so silent. No, oh, I believe it. I've also heard Osceola's don't talk a whole lot. Yeah, it was bad. I think the whole entire time I was down there, I heard one gobble. That was it. Wow. Yeah. That would make it challenging. I know after this morning when I didn't hear a gobble 30 minutes, I was like, you think we ought to change positions? think we ought to, you know, go after them? My buddy's like, let's just sit and wait and see what happens. I, I'm I'm still learning the patience aspect of turkey hunting. Yeah, it's, it's different. Like you said, like you're so used to having like your deer, your buck pattern out, and you know pretty much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like turkeys, yeah, it's not different. Okay. But yeah. if I had to recommend any hunt, you should definitely, definitely do Colorado elk. That would be on my favorite hunt. Oh yeah, it's a bucket list hunt for sure. Like a DIY bow hunt would be awesome. My buddy's done it the last two years, and he always sends me pictures and talks to me about it and stuff. And it's it just drives me nuts that I haven't done it. By far my favorite favorite hunt. I did want to go to Africa here soon and hunt over there in South Africa, like working class did, but uh, that's looking like a long long ways away. So do you do you actually listen to any hunting podcasts? I have a 
have not. Um, I have a couple of buddies, like some uh, ones from Australia. He has a hunting podcast. I listen to some of his sometimes, but um, no, I really don't go on Spotify much other than at the gym. <laughs> okay. Um, if I had to recommend a few podcasts for hunting, um, definitely, you know, go check out. Michael Waddell has a new podcast out. It's called A Bone to Pick. He he gets into all kinds of cool stuff, and it's Michael Waddell. He's just a funny guy. Um, oh, okay. And then uh, Working Class Bowhunter is the number one bow hunting podcast in the country, to my knowledge. They're okay. a great group of guys, funny. Um, they're just pure comedy, and they're just you know regular, down to earth country people. Um, they cuss, they drink, they. They're pretty cool dudes. They work with what, the breweries. What's what was that one called? I'm sorry. The working class bow hunter. The working class bow hunter. Okay. Yep, they're pretty cool guys. A couple will come across my TikTok sometimes. Um, I bet they do. Working class isn't on there a whole lot, but when they do, it's it's basically they're trolling people who have negative comments on their podcast or their YouTube, <laughs> and it's funny. They 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 got a bunch of different characters. What's that? I said you're always going to have negative comments. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have any yet, but that's because I'm so unknown. <laughs> they haven't rolled in yet. Uh, it happens. <laughs> I, I don't understand why people have to hate on things. Like, just because it's not your thing doesn't mean you can't be like, all right, I'm going to do me. They can do them. Yeah. Is that First, something you've been experiencing more? Oh, my gosh. I've, I get a lot of thrown at me for hunting <laughs> really mm-hmm. is, is it because you're a woman or like um i think both i think there's still uh guys out there that undermine women and think they should stay home and let the guys go hunt kind of thing it's mindset i guess yeah um, that's that's outdated and then you just have people out there i guess that are vegetarians i'm not sure but they're like <laughs> you shouldn't kill animals like that's terrible you're a killer. Like, you got to tell yeah. those people, like, hey, I'm doing you a favor. I'm killing the animal that poops on your food. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's something you have to deal with. Right. Once you, when you're putting yourself out there, you have to expect the good with the bad. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I just got my girlfriend into hunting last year. She'd had a bow for a few years. And then when she had her daughter, she just kind of put it up and didn't touch it. And then we we got together, and I started taking her to 3D shoots and got her out in the blind, and she got her first deer this year. Oh, um, that's awesome. It, it was her. really cool. What's that? That's awesome. Good for her. Yeah, she, she's excited for it. Um, she told me this year that she's got to learn how to hunt on her own because uh, someone's got to stay home and watch the kids. So <laughs> There you go. I've got a lot to teach her yet, but she's gonna be she's gonna do just fine i'm i'm gonna try and convince her because i just got a new bow i traded in a nine millimeter for an elite uh obsession i believe um it, it's a used bow is from my buddy but i had a bear legit and i'm gonna try and get her to take that bear legit because she's got like a old hoyt that it just looks like it struggles so i'm That's gonna try awesome. and get her to take that, that one first she got wet, um Oh yeah, it, it was cool. It was a very cool hunt. She told me after she let the arrow fly, she told me she's like, I was, I was doing fine until you made me nervous. And I was like, What do you mean? And she's like, 
he kept saying, are you on him? Are you on him? Are you on I was like, well, yeah, I was going to try and stop him for you so that way you could take your shot. I didn't realize you didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> I got her all worked up, but she still ended up getting a good, clean, quick shot, so it worked out. I was just, I was probably more excited than she was at first. Right. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, I'm hoping she can get a good one this year. Um, I'm trying to like work my values into her. I'm not a huge headgear kind of guy. I'm more of a that that looks like a four year old or a five year old, but I'm gonna take him down type deal. So uh -huh. she shot a two year old last year. I'm 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 gonna try and get her to start passing up for older deer. I shot a lot of younger buck in my time, um, but yeah, that's the point I'm at now. Is I I just want a mature buck. Yeah, I mean everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah, and I get everybody has again different opinions with that. Like, oh, you're just a trophy hunter. I'm a meat hunter. Mm -hmm. There's all different types of hunters. I respect every one of them. <laughs> but right now that I have the time to be able to be out in the woods, I want to do it right and I want to get a mature buck. Right. Just shoot. Yeah, when I started bow hunting it was like first deer that walks in front of me I'm shooting. Alright, now I'm climbing the ladder first buck I see I'm shooting and then you know, climb the ladder yeah, there's just different levels for everybody and whichever level you're on is the one you're on and my Or if you have, like some people don't have time to hunt they only get four Saturdays out of hunting season and I get it like you just feed yeah. to me I get it Oh yeah, I, exactly. Like my philosophy is very similar to a lot of different guys I know and I've met and talked to. Is if that deer gets your blood pumping as it's walking up to you, whether it's you know, now the one thing I do I don't like is yearling killing, but you know, it happens. But if that deer walks up and it's got your blood pumping, don't matter how big or little it is, or you know how old it is, or what's on its head, if it gets your blood pumping, you better pull that trigger. Or, you know, screws that arrow off. And then when you walk up on it, if you're not as excited as what you were when you first shot it, I'm going to be a little disappointed because you, you took that thing's life. You need to give it its due respect and you be responsible for your shot. Mm -hmm. that, that's my philosophy is it's, you know, it's not my tag to, to punch, so I, I can't trophy shame. Yeah. Another... A uh, mistake I keep making sometimes is I'll see a really nice buck like first day of archery or second day of archery and I'm like, I don't want my season to be over already. Like, I'll let him go. I'll see him again. I'll see another one. Yep. And then I, and then my whole season's nope. Yep. Uh, I forget <sighs> who it is. I think it's, I think it's uh, Steve Ranella. Maybe. Um, don't quote me on that. But, uh, uh, he, he's the guy that has the meat eater hunting show. Uh, I believe it's him. He's pretty big on the basis of don't pass a buck up on day one that you would shoot on the last day of your hunt. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. <laughs> I think now I wouldn't mind because I'm able, like I've been going to different states now hunting, so that yeah. will keep me occupied. Yeah, it, it's a. It's a cool evolution, and working class talks about it a lot, actually. Um, just from the evolution of, you know, starting out when you're little or whenever someone starts out and their first weapon is typically a gun, and then from there it's uh, maybe they get in a bow or whatever their first deer is. And, it, like, just a progression up the, the tree 
to whatever state you're at. It's I love hearing about everybody's different progressions and stuff because no one's going to have the same two goals ever. So, I actually my first buck was actually with a crossbow. Oh yeah. This is like this is when crossbows first came out. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, they had no like women's hunting clothes yet. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> so Dressed. You should have seen like the camo I had on. It was kind of funny. It's kind of um, like slopped together. And my finger was above the rail when I shot. Ouch. But it was my first buck. I honestly didn't even feel that my thumb broke. Like I was that excited. Oh, you I was broke like, your oh thumb. Yeah. But <laughs> I was so excited that I got a buck. I was like, oh my god, I got him, I got him. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, but my thumb was broken. That's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, except for the broken thumb part, but that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. My first buck was with a crossbow also. Oh, I Yeah, it was a little year and a half old seven point, but it was six days before a shoulder surgery, so I was willing to shoot whatever walked in front of me. Awesome though. Yeah. Like your first buck is like one of the greatest moments. It is. I, I've gotten criticism from my buddies, like lighthearted criticism, but they've all gotten their first deer mounted. I'm getting my girlfriend's first deer mounted for her. my first buck. I never really. I'm. I mean, I'm still not really into the the whole mount thing. Like European mounts look just as cool to me as a regular shoulder mount. So I yeah. euroed mounted my first buck, and he kind of sat outside for couple years so he, he looks weathered but I think it's cool my buddy told me I need to paint him up and get him all nice and shiny I said no it's got the character I like it the way it is yeah so how long have you been hunting um like 15 16 years okay and say that that's probably I, I don't even know how old I was when I first started hunting but that's a, that's a good amount of years to be hunting. You got some good experiences and some knowledge built up. Yeah, when I first started, I mean, I've I actually started with my boyfriend at the time, and I learned everything from him. He's a huge hunter. Um, and then when we split, I kind of just did things myself. I'd say you've been doing very well. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I literally independently hunt by myself and do everything alone. And okay. I want to change that. And that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it, there's a great way to measure success in deer hunting because I measure success in deer hunting and turkey hunting differently. But um, deer hunting, if I see a deer, I, that's a successful hunt to me. And last year, I made it a goal to make sure I seen a deer every time I went out and. I had to do a lot of homework in the off season to get to that point, but I, I succeeded in that goal. So I, I'm happy I was able to take all the years of knowledge and stuff and put it to use. Have you seen that kind of a progression since you started? Oh, oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. That, that's good. I mean, I, I think the more people learn and are able to use, the more they're going to be able to teach somebody else how to do it. Absolutely. I'll never forget all the people that, like, mentored me. I would love, like, this one little girl. She's so cute. She writes me all the time. From, she's actually from Ohio. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> she's always like, will you take me hunting? Will you take me hunting? I don't think there's anything better than that. 
yeah, I would love to help her. Um, she never saw a bow, though, but I told her, like, if she came to PA and got her license, I would let her use my 243. Well, I might be able to help with that. Um, I've got a property that the landowner just wants deer off of. It, uh, it's a small little parcel because he parcels out his 160-some acres to, so nobody steps on their toes. But maybe this season we can work something out because I've been wanting to do something similar to this where we can get her in a blind and, you know, I, I'll be, show like, you the property. She'd be thrilled with a doll, I think, even. Like, she just would be thrilled with anything. I Hey, whatever walks in front of her, she shoots. And, you know, I, I do... I'll show you guys the property, the boundaries, and I would let the farmer know, hey, we're on the parcel today, or whatever day it is, and then let you guys do your hunt. I would love to do that. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, if that's something you guys would be interested in, you know, just let me know, because there's, you know, all kinds of dope. I've been getting tons and tons of pictures already this year, and I just put a food plot on there. Um, what kind of shell towns do you have? What's that? What kind of trail cams do you have? Um, the two I use the most are Moultrie. Um, they're cell cams. I have another Moultrie. It's not a cell cam. And then I have a Muddy also. Um, they all take really nice pictures, but I, I really like the Moultrie brand. I do like Moultrie as well. Um, I have spy points, so I just have so many of them, and it's already, you know, how it goes. The app's already set up for all of them. Right. I have to not change all of them out, but... Yeah. Especially when, you know, you get so far into, because everybody's goal when they're hunting is like, they want to do it for a living and to do that for a living, you got to be able to do advertisements, which means you got to be brand oriented at some point and having all of one thing makes it a lot easier. I've, I've kind of wondered about that, but I like my Muddy's pictures. I've got some of my coolest pictures off of my Muddy, but my Moultrie's take really good quality pictures. Yeah, they do. Uh, Derek Brown's Moultrie's are really nice. Do you have the new Moultrie ones? I do not. She does, probably. I don't. I need to get them. They're, it's a deal. They get two of them for 180 bucks, and it works on either Verizon or AT&T, whichever one's strongest at that moment. Awesome. Yeah, it's Talk a, to them. They're nice as well. They take, they're all good, I guess. Yeah, it, it just depends on where you live at. Like, most of my hunting property... <laughs> You can't put a cell cam on there because you're just not going to get pictures sent to your phone because of no service. Yeah. But it, it, it is what it is. I mean, you still got the old-fashioned way of getting your pictures out. And who doesn't like to walk in in middle of July, August, September, whenever you're getting your late season prep or your late summer prep done for early season and you're sweating and you got mosquitoes all over you. Right. Oh my gosh, I got so bit up on yesterday. Oh yeah. So bad, I guess. Yeah. Mosquitoes are bad. <laughs> yeah, and the ticks. Um, I use this one thing whenever I'm out in turkey season or early deer season. It's a uh, thermocell. Yeah, I have one. I was I just wasn't expecting them to be that bad already, but <laughs> I'm pretty bit up. I've been lucky so far. I know I'm gonna need it in Michigan, but. Ohio, the mosquitoes haven't really come out to play yet. Um, I did get bit by 13 ticks when I was in Tennessee, though. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 13 of them I had on it. I hope I don't have any on me, but it is what it is, I guess. 
I'm not really afraid of it. I'm, I got this little technique I do whenever I'm out hunting and I know it's going to be bad and ticks like it grasses up to your waist or whatnot. I'll take duct tape and flip it inside out and stick it around my ankles. And I Somebody just told me about that. I was like, that's actually great. Yeah, my buddy showed me it last year in Michigan and it worked amazing. I mean, we both walked out of the woods every single day that we hunted together with like 150 ticks on each leg. That's crazy. It, that's that's such a big but it, it's it's a cool experience. You learn little tricks and things as you go and you progress. Right. Like I didn't And I'm such a scent freak when it comes to deer hunting. Oh yeah. I know, I <laughs> so I don't want like spray anything on me. I know like they say about that Promethean spray and it doesn't have odor, but Yeah. I can smell it so if I can smell it, how can the deer smell it is how I think. <laughs> Yeah, very juicy. And honestly, I just tough it out. I don't use any tick spray or nothing like that. I just, I just hope and pray that I sealed all my boot edges and I tuck my shirt in and kind of keep. I have like little wrist clingers so that way my wrist sleeves are closed. So the only way they can enter and get on me is from my hands or my neck. But I'm such a scent guru. I mean. I, I have a scent killer bag and I'll run it four times a day just because I'm like, well, the dog was downstairs today. Maybe I ought to run that just so I don't have dog hair on it or, you know, dog scent to it. And the dog never even went near the bag. But it, in my mind, it, I got to do it. <laughs> I get you. I don't like use it, like candles. My car won't have like car fresheners in it. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a freak. It's fun. Like my friends, my family already know. Like, I can't go in your house, Mommy. Just cook food. I yeah. can't come there. <laughs> exactly. I have, I have to go home and change first. I, I started carrying my uh, scent bag with me everywhere. As soon as I was done, no matter how cold it was outside, I'm, I'm stripping it off, throwing it in there, and finding my hoodie in the truck somewhere. Um, Absolutely. Do you use, like, have, do you know the illusion systems? Uh, do, is that, like, Ozone or well, not quite. Ozonics um, is it called or what's it called? Do, no, not not quite those. Those are called ozonics. So the ozonics. little screw it in and it's the machine above your head in the tree. Yeah. This is uh, not quite that. They they make a system called Phase P H A Z E. I have heard of it. Uh, I don't know if you know who Ben Rising is. Runs Whitetail Edge. He teamed up with. Um, I forget the hunting program, but they're like a big time hunting group. Um, they get all the best deer hunters on, do their pop, like do a hunt breakdown, uh, like Adam Hayes and the Drury's or Michael Waddell, people like that. But they created the black rack, they created the extinguisher, uh, grunt tube, and they made this scent series where they've got shampoo, conditioner, body wash, clothes wash, and then they have this thing called phase foam and it's a field foam you go out in the woods you're going to sweat into your tree stand more than likely if you're carrying a climber you know hang and hunt set uh saddle kit as you climb the tree or if you're just you know got a lot of clothes on you didn't take any off on your way in you're going to sweat so when you get in the tree stand you use that phase foam you, you put it on any exposed skin that there was sweat on and it seals it and like you put a little bit on the inside of your hat or you know the top of your mask uh, I've gotten to the point where, like, if I don't have that with me in the woods, I don't feel right about the hunt, and then I, like, 
I tweak myself out and I'm not set mentally for if something were to come my way. Yeah. I've had deer walk under me 25 minutes after I've moved to stand 60 yards and I've had sweat rolling off my face and as soon as I sit down, I've got my all my weather clothes back on, I put that foam on. It That's seals awesome. it so well. I use, I actually, um, I'm a sponsor for, have you ever heard of Set Assassin? Uh, I did not until I seen your posts, uh, however long ago it was when you announced that you were uh, working with those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a really good guy, Jimmy. Um, they're from West Virginia. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that stuff's re- really good, but they have like pretty much the same uh, thing, like the shampoos, conditioners, body wash, laundry detergent. So I'm a assassin freak. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. Like, my buddy honestly Absolutely. told me, my buddy's killed a lot of big deer. He's killed 140, one, a 150, and I think maybe a 160. Um, and when I tell you this, you it's going to blow your mind. Because if you're a scent freak, you're a wind freak also. Right? Yes. So my buddy looked at me two years ago. And he goes, dude, I don't even know how to hunt the wind. I said, what? You've killed all these big deer, and you're trying to tell me that you don't know how to hunt the wind, and they've just all fallen in your lap? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> My mind was blown. That's crazy. I've since taught him how to use the wind and how to use thermals, and it didn't work for him this last year. He didn't see anything. But he shot a buck last year at a point that was like 22 inches wide inside spread. Yep. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was like I think it was a six-year-old buck. He was, he was an old brute. For someone that does not play with, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's frustrating because I go out and I like look at the wind direction six times a day just to make sure it's blowing the right way. If there's a what, what working class calls it a whiskey wind, if there's like an iffy wind, I'm like, all right, uh-huh. how how am I gonna play this if it flops and it's bad now? Like I'm always my girlfriend always tells me she's like you're on your phone way too much and I'm like yeah but I'm not on my phone playing games or texting people or on Instagram like I'm on DeerCast right? uh, Moon Phase Guide and I'm always on my phone doing that stuff trying to figure out how to get better and what to do right I agree so it's kind of cool do you have um, ladder set or saddle or climber what do you use I have a little mix um my buddy quit hunting a parcel I just picked up last year and told me I could have all the stands he left on there. He left a ladder stand, a buddy stand, and a hang-on stand with fixed sticks. Um, nice. Most of the time, I'm running um, a hang and hunt with a muddy hang-on and XOP sticks. Uh-huh. Um, but I do have a uh, Summit Viper climber and then some Gorilla brand climber, and that's actually what I killed my buck out of last year or last nice. season. But I honestly hate using a climber because I'm a cover freak. When I'm in the tree, I gotta have cover. I can't get around branches and stuff with a climber. So I like that hanging hunt where I can climb up in the same tree, get a little different angle, and hide behind a tree branch. Uh-huh. But I am looking into trying switching to the saddle game this coming season. Yeah, somebody. Um, could I have only ladder stands and my climber? And I use probably my climber more than any of it. Um, but somebody just sent me a saddle. Uh, last season and it was like already in the middle of the season so I was like I'm not gonna like 
mess with this right now. Right. So I'm going to try to uh, practice and see how it goes this, for this fall. Is it a trophy line? Tether. Tether? Okay. That's a that's a good good name to have. They're a big brand. Yeah, so I'm excited to see how it goes. I'm not sure how I'm going to like it, but everyone says once you try it, you're going to love it. That's, so. that's what I've been told, and I've also had people like preach to me and be like, get knee pads, because your knees are going to be against the tree the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, all right. I don't even know if I'm going to fully switch into it, because there's, you know, it, it depends on your pro- your property you're hunting and, you know, what the terrain and your trees right. look like. And a lot of the property I have, it's, especially the one, because I'm after like a 160 class buck this year, at least he was 160s it looked like last at then last year um the property doesn't have a whole lot of good size trees that will hold my weight in the area that he's running so i'm uh-huh. like how am i going to make this work so another aspect i'm always on my phone for doing research have you do you have a preferred climber brand or is it yours just like you know you bought it a couple years ago and it's just the one you've fallen in love with and you use yeah it was actually a primal I don't know if you've heard of primal I think I have yeah that's a climber one of my first climbers I ever bought and I just stuck with it I've been my buddy's a big climber guy but like I said I, I like being covered up in the tree um, and so much to the fact, like, I want to buy a saddle to try it, and I'm big contemplating selling a climber. Yeah, I, I would give it a try for sure. I, I, I don't know how I would do it because saddles are pretty expensive nowadays, like upwards three they to eight hundred dollars. And the only climber I could sell to get, I don't know, like three hundred dollars is my Summit Viper, and that's the one I would not want to get rid of. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's crazy how expensive saddles are. I think the entire hunting industry has gotten expensive recently. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. My AC just kicked off, and I'm looking at the, the voice measurer on my recorder. Mm-hmm. It definitely picked up all of it. <laughs> really? I'm going to have to do some some magic Tweak on it. my editor. Yeah, and test my skills out. <laughs> Oh, well, it is what it is. That's one thing I think, and I know I've heard a lot of other shows and podcasts and whatnot say this, but, like, not many of them hold true to it. But, like, I pride, like, the group of guys that we've got together and stuff, and, like, I tell them, like, all the time, they're like, well, should I say it this way for the next? I was like, dude, just tell the story. It don't matter. Just yeah. be, be you, be raw. So I'm not going to edit your story. I said, just do what you feel is right. So... That, that's kind of how I'm going to roll with podcasts this year because I had a bunch of mobile podcasts last year moving around states and work that, you know, it's just a raw and cut footage. So if, if yeah. people don't like it, I'm not real concerned about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to like be, though. Yeah, it makes me sleep a lot better at night. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Kind of went down a rabbit hole there with tree stands and stuff like that, which is... Good. I don't think I've talked about tree stands much on podcasts before. Um, so let's get into the meat potatoes of 
what's going on between states here. So you hunt public land over there. I do. You've <laughs> experienced private land over here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. How would you compare the two? Oh my gosh, it's drastically different. Um, where I'm hunting, it's so pressured. Uh, is Ohio able to do deer guides? Is it legal to do yep. deer guides? Yep. Yeah. They are not a fan of them, really, but they are. Yeah, in PA, um, it's legal to do deer guides, and during rifle season, they pretty much wipe out everything and. I mean, they don't care about if it's a two-year-old or a five-year-old, you know? They yeah. just shoot at anything. I believe it. I deal with a lot with that on my main property from Amish. Yeah, yeah. Um, they actually come in on buses Amish and just go at it. That's wild. I would. Yeah. I, as soon as I see that, I'd be leaving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's only option i have unless i would drive like an hour away to yeah. go hunt. i i have been very blessed in the fact that i mean this is another great point to the you know public versus private argument is i've been very blessed i've got great friends and people i've met along the way in the last 10 years that i've gotten i think damn near 700 acres of private land to hunt yeah, that's so i mean and i try and you know I do my part and help people out and like if the property owner's cool with it I try and bring people out and help them try and get a deer it doesn't always work but mm-hmm. I try and do my part and help my friends out so because I know a lot of them don't have the same opportunities and I've talked to several different people in different states and like hey man like you want to try another state like hit me up let me know when you'll be here you got a bed to sleep on I'll cook food I'll drop you off if I can I'll film for you if you need me to let's get you a deer in Ohio. Uh, it, no one's come down yet. Um, the one guy uh, is thinking about it this season, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I liked Ohio. I actually really did like Ohio. I I don't think I'd like another state hunting for whitetail as much as I like Ohio. I've seen, like, to me, they were giants, but I was told... No, does Dink here? And I'm like, you mean tell me I can't shoot that? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean I can't shoot that? They're like, no, it's, it's small for here. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how people measure that stuff out. I mean, my buddy looked at a deer, and he'll be like, dude, that's a 125. Like, what are you even looking at it through your scope for? I'm like, and, and like, in my head, it's like immediately stepbrother scene will Ferrell on the back seat because i'll drop that motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> right but i mean i've respected him of course it's like okay I, yeah i'll shoot whatever say is okay too yeah i might i think the one rule I, if i ever am lucky enough to own property and let people hunt it i'm gonna put a rule limit on it two years and older then yeah i don't care what the headgear is just make sure the buck is two years or older if you see a doe, it you better shoot her. If not, okay, whatever. But if she stomps her foot at you, you better shoot her. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, that's just because of preference, and I I want to you know get a better deer herd. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of differences did you see between uh, public and private, other than pressure? Just the deer size in general. So are the deer 
are you close, like, I'm not trying to get you to give up where you hunt because I don't want people to pressure even more for you. Um, but are you, like, oh, uh, towards the mountains? Yes. Okay, so that the deer are pretty small because of resources and food supply anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would be a challenge because especially where you hunted over here near Worcester, like, Worcester is probably one of the flattest counties outside of the northwest part of Ohio, and it's yes, all agriculture, uh, all corn, uh-huh. all beans, you know, uh-huh. all kinds of stuff like that. Going from seeing the deer over there where they got unlimited food sources to mountain hunting in PA, that's, man, that's probably like looking at a Irish wolfhound compared to a beagle. Yeah, world of a difference. Yeah, like world of a difference. Even out in uh, Illinois, it was the same way. Really? Like? Yeah, like the buck just looks so much healthier. I don't know. It's just different. Yeah, different different way of living. I'm sure they they had their different ways of surviving. But I, I mean, is would you say that the correlation between size is both bodies and rack? Oh yeah, absolutely, definitely body. Definitely body. I've I've read a study. Uh, I've mentioned it on my podcast a few times before, and I've talked to my buddies about it and stuff. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard it, but there's a study done. I think it was a couple years ago. They took a deer from like prime deer country, Illinois, Iowa, and the Midwest, and took it somewhere where it's cold, mountainous, and they. Put it. They dropped it off, and then they took another one from the cold mountainous area and took it to the Midwest. And then they did studies on it and its offspring, uh, male offspring. And what they were studying was how the deer survived, how they adapted, and what their growth looked like afterwards. And the deer that got taken from the Midwest to the mountainous area, it lost a lot of weight. Its offspring didn't produce as big of horns, or um, it didn't produce as big of a body. Whereas the deer from the mountain estate that went down to the Midwest, its offspring immediately had huge growth in headgear and body weight. So, really? Oh, That's yeah. interesting. And like, so like, I don't, I'm not 100% certain on how well I'm going to believe into it, but to me that correlation is nutrition over everything if you want to grow a big deer in both body and horns. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people get upset when I or when other people say horns but I I do it because it's just quick and easy <laughs> I, I know the difference yeah, I don't know I didn't want to like you know if that's something that bothers you or something like that no it's all good I don't I don't judge anybody <laughs> yeah I, I, I've even met, mentioned on a TikTok video like people are going to get upset because I called it a horn and yeah like, so they do they'll like they'll chirp at you if he's yeah certain things a different way <laughs> I've taken to the point, like, whenever I'm doing small videos and stuff, like, I'll purposely say horn just to see who I can irritate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not one to, like, not poke the fire. Mm-hmm. But, so, are you looking at coming back to Ohio or Illinois anytime soon to try and get a deer? Um, I was a little early for Illinois. So I kind of, if I ever went back, it would definitely, I would want to go for the rut. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to miss the rut in PA, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I will never make that mistake again. Um, so if I do go, I'm, I didn't make my mind up yet where I want to go for whitetail. I, I'm going back out to Colorado for elk mm-hmm. in uh, September, and I still haven't made my mind up what state 
or states I want to hunt this year for whitetail. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities over here in Ohio. There's a lot of public land and backdoor public lands people don't know about, uh, as well as, you know, mm-hmm. say if, you know, you hit me up and you give me enough time to do some homework for you, I could find either A, a public land spot that I think's pretty good for you if that's something you'd want to do, you know, because I know mm-hmm. you said you like public land challenges. Or B, you I know, do. I, like, I got I like. all kinds of property over here. So, I mean, I've made that offer with Breaking Point TV out of Wisconsin, Iowa, and I made that with several of the working class bow hunter guys. So, I uh-huh. mean, I'm not afraid to have people come out of state and come hunt. So, if that's something you're interested in, you know, just let Thanks me know and I'll, I'll try and do some homework for you. Because I'm addicted to the build-up. Like, the shot is awesome. The celebration afterwards is awesome. But, like, the homework and the build-up is, like, what gets me going. Mm-hmm. So, and Ohio's shotgun only, right? Straight wall cartridge. So you can okay. use, believe it or not, you can use up to 4570 and down to... Um, I think it. I think it stops at three fifty seven magnum. Caught, yeah. As long as your barrel's long enough on the the revolver. Um, but yeah, you can use twelve gauge, twenty gauge, four ten, three fifty legend, four fifty bushmaster, forty five seventy, forty four magnum, three fifty seven magnum. It, we got a wide variety, but at the same time, like we're limited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was having that conversation at work the other day. Like, one guy was asking me, he's like, why is it like that? I said, well, my understanding and the reasoning behind it is because they think that a bullet's going to travel further. But the only real possibility of that happening in certain parts of the state is if someone points a gun in the air. Because uh-huh. if not, it's going 100 yards into a hillside. Uh-huh. So I don't understand it. I don't do a lot of gun hunting anymore. Um, our bow season is from, like, the last weekend of September all the way through February 6th and it does not stop even though gun season's open so you can bow hunt the whole time yeah so yeah I love bow hunting I wouldn't know what to do I would I love archery it's my favorite yeah it, it's addicting I like playing chess with the deer mm-hmm. um so um might as well end on a high note um and hit the the stereotype. So you talked a little, or you mentioned a little bit earlier about some struggles and stereotypes of winter, women hunters. Uh-huh. What kind of challenges have you seen as you've grown and progressed? Because I'd say you're you're pretty much you know you got your half your leg in the industry already, not just a foot in the door. You're you're already halfway in there, if not completely in there. You're sponsored, and you you know you're doing well for yourself, traveling and hunting. What kind of struggles have you seen as a woman in the industry? I just feel, um, as a woman, I don't feel like a lot of people take you as serious as they would a a man. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. When I first started out, I felt like I had to, like, prove myself. But then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do my thing. Be me. Just be real. I am who I am. Um, I'm not going to change who I am to, like, appease anybody. Um. I don't know, I'm, like, I'm a true hunter, I, I'm out there by myself, learning by myself, hunting by myself, I'm really not, I didn't set out to do this to have, to actually be where I'm at right now, I never thought I'd take off like I did, I just started sharing my adventures out there, and I don't know, it just kind of happened. 
<laughs> well, I think you've done a great job, and I don't understand why people, especially men, look down on women hunters. I, I think, uh, would you agree that, you know, the way of life of hunting and the outdoors, it's it's dying? Um, no, I agree, and I think they're, like they should be more supportive over it, especially if you're like an outdoorsman. Why would you not be supportive of a woman wanting to hunt with you? Or exactly, exactly. Like, I, um, I think that it's ridiculous that people want to criticize, trophy shame, say people aren't doing it right, or, you know, what'd you shoot that deer for? Or uh-huh. I bet you you're in a high fat. Like, what does it matter? Like, they're, they're out here living their life. They're expanding... Uh- our way of life. I get that a lot as well. Like just because I went hunting, like for like example with Derek, they're like, "Oh, you you paid somebody to take you." I didn't. For like, he's not. I didn't pay for any kind of hunt ever. Um, mm-hmm. But even if we did, which I don't see a problem in it. Like if that's what you want to do, that's what you do. You know, as long as you're out there hunting and doing what you enjoy, who cares? Like how you're hunting. Exactly. Like. Uh, the way I look at it is even if you're paying for that hunt, the majority of that is probably going back into the hunting out. Yeah. The outfitter, their property to conservation efforts in some shape Mm -hmm. or form. So like, what does it matter? Like I used to be when I was younger in hunting, like I'd look at high fences, be like, I don't respect that hunter. And then I started thinking about, I was like, yeah, but those people are doing a lot of good things for the deer industry, whether or not they're, you know, they're they're not just raising deer for people to look at and come hunt. They're mm-hmm. doing research on these deer to grow better herds in different states that are struggling. So, like, why should I not support that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's one thing that frustrates the hell out of me is people criticize other hunters and stuff. And it's like, dude, our uh, life yeah, is dying. Want- Oh, I'd respect you so much uh, more if you got that turkey on your own and not with a guide. And I was like, he's not a guide. And even if he was, like, that's how you learn. Like, yeah. when I first started deer hunting, that's how I learned. It was uh, with a friend. Like, that's how anybody learns. And I don't think they should be putting anyone down for that if you have somebody else hunting with you because that's mm-hmm. the way of learning. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I had my dad teach me how to hunt when I, when I was little. How is that any different than a beginner going out with a guide? Exactly. It. it but, I don't know. Just there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity out there, but you just got to stay positive and just keep doing what you love to do. Yep. And in the end, it'll all work out. Hopefully, things in this industry and conservation will improve. And because Ohio is a one bird state now for turkey. Um, uh-huh. and hopefully the pulp or pulse, you know, do well this spring and going into the fall and maybe in five, 10 years, it'll be a two bird state again. Uh-huh. I, I don't have a pre- uh, preference whether it should be or shouldn't be. I'm not, I, I don't care, you know, as long as you're doing it the right way. Cause I've okay. taken a mindset, like when I'm door knocking, trying to get permission, you know, you're going to get a lot of no's. And a lot of the reason why is because they're already going to have people hunting that property. And to mm-hmm. me, I I used to be like, man, that sucks. I got beat to the punch. Well, I started recently looking at it like, good. There's people out there doing what we need them to be doing to preserve our way of life. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think it a little bit of it comes with age and seeing how things are progressing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've been rolling for an hour or so. Um, so let's 
Let's do a quick fire, I think is what Clint Casper calls it, or rapid fire. I'm going to throw out a couple questions and you just answer them the best way you can with uh, whatever comes off the top of your head, okay? <laughs> okay. So, favorite hunt to date? Elk. <laughs> the one in last year in Colorado? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, most exciting hunt? Probably when I shot my ninth point. Okay. Um, most disappointing hunt? Probably when I missed the biggest buck of my life. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a lot of people that answer the same way. <laughs> what hunt are you looking forward to doing in your life? Or I guess a better way of saying it is bucket, bucket list hunt. Um, besides elk, I'd say most. Up in Alaska or in the east? Um, Alaska would be amazing. Okay. Um, Canada. Favorite thing you've learned about hunting so far? Deer hunting or? Just hunting in general, whichever one. I, I love, like, I love the rut during deer hunting. I love, I don't know. I just love, I don't know. Um, two more do what is the most memorable experience you've ever had while hunting? Um, probably my first buck was definitely something I'll never forget. Just that feeling. That's probably a very common answer also, just like missing a buck. Hook, line, and sinker. Yep. Got me hooked. <laughs> All right, last one. What is your future goals? Um, just to continue hunting and doing what I love. It's such a passion of mine. I think um, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, Alicia, I really appreciate you coming on here and doing this. I know we've never met in person. I, we've messaged back and forth a couple times, but uh, I think it's been really cool to see how you've grown in the industry. And I've been a Instagram follower for a year or so now so i mean i've seen a lot of the growth and been really excited for you and happy for you um i i can't wait to see where it goes thanks i really appreciate it thanks for having me yeah no problem i hope you have a great rest of your day yeah you as well all right well all right. well i'll let you know when this stuff goes live all right sounds good all right have a good one right. yep you too thanks yep bye. all right ladies and gentlemen so there you have it. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. <coughs> um, you know, there's nothing better than getting into a conversation about the outdoors. I think that was one of my most in-depth conversations about hunting. Um, and it was a really cool one to have. Um, so, like I said, all last 31 episodes, maybe not all 31, but for the majority of them, you know, go outside, do something you really love to do. Go do something you enjoy to do, okay? Don't settle. You know, Clint Casper says that. Don't settle. Um, that's that's a great way to sum it up. So go out do what you love to do and have no zero days. No no zero days. Do something big or small no matter what to get better and get more improved towards your goals. So with that, this is Grindstone Adventures, and we are back on the podcast game. 
and we love y'all. Thanks for listening. Have a great one.